0: This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In-Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthqcomau forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the In-Demand Accountant with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean, and I'm super excited to have you. Today, we're going to look at what I think is one of the core attributes of being an In-Demand Accountant, and I think it's an attribute that we all need right now, and that's brave leadership. At the moment, obviously, with everything going on, both in our industry and outside, I think there's a massive call for brave leadership and if there's one superpower I think that we need and we need radical bravery, you know, going forward, um, not just in what we do every day in our jobs but also personally and um, in our communities as well. So I'm going to go through some definitional things first to really get down as to what I mean by brave leadership and then, you know, you guys need to work through this yourself because it will mean different things to different people. And then look at five attributes of being brave and, and examples and give you some everyday examples I think that we can work through and the usual end off with some actions that you can take going forward, some simple clear actions that you can take going forward. So let's dig in um, to brave leadership. I've always thought brave leadership is been one of the aspects that we need to do particularly in the accounting industry to change and grow our businesses because we've had a very successful business model and a very predictable one for so long, you know, even before 2020, you know, even looking down over the last 15 to 20 years, you know, brave leadership takes a lot of bravery to break away from the traditional partnership models and um, some of the traditional stuff that we do. So this is why I also think it's super important. So let's dig into what bravery actually means. So, for this conversation, brave is just doing the right thing even when it's uncomfortable. So that could be some everyday things that we might be able to look there around in our firm. It could be as simple as, for some people, it, it might be as simple as actually getting out of bed in the morning could be a brave thing, particularly at the moment. Just demystifying it. You know, bravery is not, you know, getting out your sword and swimming the beach and, or risking everything on an unlikely business deal, throwing caution into win and making a massive career change. Those actions can be brave, but it's not just about mustering courage to face overwhelming odds. It's about making decisions every day. So just bear in this, that mind. And then leadership means assuming the mantle of responsibility um, for your sphere of influence that you have. So the world immediately around you, it's not just organizational. So for everybody listening here to say, I'm not a leader, you are. So we're looking at the sphere of people around you, you know, both personally and in your job, or if you're, you know, a solo person, you know, that means with your clients and other people as well, if you're just starting out your career. So just summarizing that up, you know, bravery is an everyday thing and leadership is just influencing that sphere around you so everybody is a leader and everyone can be brave. So let's look at the five things that we're going to work through and the attributes of a brave leader or what brave leadership looks like. The first one is being accountable for their actions. So brave leaders are accountable for their own words and actions. The second one is they have difficult conversations when necessary. Third one. Do not compromise on their values or their principles. Fourth one, they put their resources where their mouth is. So if they think something's important, they put resources behind it. This is a big one. We're going to spend some time on And brave leaders, fifthly, brave leaders ultimately give their jobs away. They empower other people to do what they do. So let's just quickly run through them again. One, assuming accountability for your own actions. Two, have difficult conversations. Three. Do not compromise your values. Fourthly, always put resources where your mouth is. And fifthly, empower others to do your role or give your job away. So let's drill down on each of them individually. We're going to work through what it means and then give some everyday examples um, actually in accounting firms. So the first one around being accountable for their own actions and and then I'm going to sort of grow this a little bit and, and look at your team's actions as well. When we have success or when something goes well, it's very easier for us to then, you know, stand up and delve into that success. But it's when you stand up when things go wrong and both for yourself and your team that you become brave. So some of the attributes that aren't brave in this area is blaming others for your mistakes or even others if things go wrong in your team I just heard a recent example of this, which I think um, really uh, signifies that. It's okay, I'm just going to um, read a a bit about it. Now, I'm going to talk about Eisenhower, who obviously was the President of the United States when there was a D-Day invasion back in June of 2019, 44, and that was actually successful. But he wrote two letters that day. The first letter was, It begins with, you're about to embark on a great crusade towards which you have striven for for many months, and the eyes of the world were upon you. So that was the first letter he wrote, and that was inspiring leadership for sure. But however, not a lot of people know and were aware of the second letter, which was only to be delivered if there was an unsuccessful failing. So I'm just going to read this because I think it's such a great, very practical example of great, um, brave leadership. Our landings in cherbourg Harbour area have failed to gain a satisfactory foothold and I have withdrawn the troops. My decision to attack at this time and place were based on the best information available. The troops, the air and the Navy did all the bravery and devotion to duty they could. If any blame or fault attaches to the attempt, it is mine alone. Now I think that this is a great example and I'm using this particular example at the moment because we are going to make, be making lots of decisions as leaders going forward that may or may not go right. But we have to be able to take responsibility to it even when we may not be involved in the executions. If we've made the decisions, we need to be able to stand up and take this. So we're willing to accept our responsibility for actions um, and that includes our failures. So if you want to have a quick Think about this. Are you avoiding any accountability for your actions or pointing fingers at others who may fall short? So you need to ask these yourselves these questions. If you'd like to go back a couple of the episodes ago to the creating um, a safe space, I really drill down on some practical examples how you can use this. And, you know, I know that this is something I really learned the hard way going forward. But as a leader, you know, this is where, you know, you're leaning into that discomfort. That we were talking about earlier. So that's assume accountability for your actions and then your team's actions as well. Because at the end of the day, that is your team and they are your actions. So the second one is have difficult conversations. This is, um, you know, obviously um, somewhere where at Blueprint HQ we spend a lot of time helping people have difficult conversations up front and there is such a big element of bravery in it. It's far easier to avoid um, having difficult chats with your team. But brave leaders, we recognize that it's more important to be effective than to be liked. And, you know, I struggled with this a lot is everybody wants to be liked, but it is so important as leaders to be effective. And even, you know, going back to our, our definition of leadership, even when it's not organization, it's your direct sphere. You know, sometimes, you know, even having difficult conversations with your friends is very effective. They might not like it, but you know that you're being helpful. So then it's never comfortable to discuss performance issues with your staff or, you know, the other obviously areas of discomfort and difficult conversations are with your clients as well. And we'll delve into that in the next one. But this is the kind of conversations that brave leaders have and they have them cautiously and wisely and Step into it because they know that position demands it. Put a lot of frame and practice around it. Don't just go into it. And um, we have some previous work in this podcast about, you know, difficult conversations and how to frame them and some information on our website as well. And as always, I would be love to have those 20-minute chats about if you have a difficult conversation or something you would love to discuss, just contact us through the website and I'm very willing to have a very quick 20-minute conversation around particularly these sort of areas as well because it's so important and I can't say it enough. You know, it's much more, it's better to be effective than to be liked. And, you know, going forward, we're going to have to have a lot of difficult conversations, particularly maybe even around before the uh, September, October areas with clients and stuff as well. So just ask yourself a quick question. Is there any uncomfortable conversations that you might be avoiding at the moment? And have a look and see if you can frame them up and maybe actually have that conversation as your brave step. So the next one is really not compromising your important values and that you're willing to defend these no matter what. It is quite, you know, going with the flow, particularly when you might, you know, lose some personal standings is always difficult, but this is not something brave leaders do. So, we have to be willing to defend what's important to us and important to our organizations going forward. And I think a great example of this is obviously sometimes in client work where if you get that feeling like something's pressing against your values or you're uncomfortable with something, that is the time to talk up and say, hey, you know, obvious examples of this is if people are, and, you know, we've recently had this, you know, not paying, and I've had this personally, is not paying their superannuation guarantees, for instance, clients. When they can, and without no other intentions, and we've actually and I have actually sacked clients out of that, and then obviously the personal, you know, downfall of that is losing clients and everything. And this is where we need to be very brave. Hopefully, that's not an example that you have to this, but you know, really speak the truth to your power here. So you know, really define what your values are, and you need to be very clear on that going forward. The fourth one is putting resources where our mouth is as leaders. I have been on the front and back end of this one quite a lot. This one's very important to me and I think this isn't a great example for us to think about as leaders. Quite often we'll, um, and I'm not just talking about resources as in money, I'm talking about time and energy as well. Do you have a great idea um, that you want to implement In and, you know, I've had many, some which weren't so great. and. You really need to put your time and effort into it. A classic example for me is is we go to, you know, or the partners will go to a conference and they'll see something that they think might change and they bring it back. They might even get a consultant in and then, you know, it may even pay for it. So definitely putting the money on the table for it. But then when it comes to the change and the uncomfortable bit and what is the brave bit of putting that those decisions in, the time and energy isn't put in it. Or it's given to somebody who might not have the, the power or the, the standing to actually implement it and then it's their fault more ours. So this is something you really need to think about. Has there ever been a situation where things that you've had and you've supported something and then maybe not put, not just the money, I'm not talking just about that, but the time and the energy or it got uncomfortable or another time it happens, and we don't mean this, is it gets really busy. So you might put some change in through February, you know, it could be an example of a CRM and then we suddenly we get those, the lodgement rush in May and June, we let it all go again. So the discomfort of, you know, sitting back and taking the time and getting that in and then going back to old habits is, you know, the time and the resources that I'm talking about there. So just watch that. And I kind of, I think this is one, one of the things that really blocks change and the braveness that's needed To really put the resources, but don't just think about it as money. Oh, I paid for the coaching or I paid for the consulting or I paid for the software and nothing's happened. You've got to put your time and your energy in it or at least the time and energy could be, you know, making the changes that that exists. So just think about that as a brave leader. The last one, and this is crucial for our businesses to grow and even if you're not a partner, you know, you need to think about this if you have any team or you're looking at your job, is to brave leaders empower others to do our jobs. We give our jobs away. Brave leaders recognize that our jobs are to actually reproduce ourselves and to train others to ultimately shoulder responsibility and take out some of the aspects So we need to encourage, teach, and empower others. We need to listen more than we speak and learn from the people on our teams. I think a lot of this is about, you know, taking, you know, helping people take control of the range rather than us trying to control them. And, you know, I've been very guilty of this, and it's a really hard thing, particularly in the expert areas that we work in, you know, around, you know, a lot of our technical stuff. And I'm not necessarily talking about that, but a lot of the stuff that we do can be let go of and let other people's. Now, unless you just want to stay um, where you are, and I'm going to assume because you are listening to the podcast that you don't, you need to be able to repeat yourself and to empower other people to do your job. And then they need to be able to do the same. And then onwards and upwards that we go. Because true mastery is where I can get up, repeat what other people, they're not going to do it the same way that you do. But they, you know, if you've got the guiding principles and everything and the empowerment there that they would do it. You know, there's a few everyday examples that I can think of that. Mine is certainly around, you know, once you really know my system and processes to actually then allowing other people to follow it. One of the things I see quite often in a lot of our firms is the reviewing process and the fact that, you know, we kind of get through the whole program. We've got lots of processes and repeating and training up until review stage. But then review stage is more learn by feel or once you become a partner, you can just start reviewing, whereas reviewing is really a system and a process. So it is something that we can give control over and do that as long as we you know go through the process of empowering people so that's a really good one another one is actually not sharing clients not getting everyone else up in the relationships for them not messaging and empowering other people to have um, different relationships not saying you're giving up the relationship but you're bringing other people in and empowering them to take some of that stuff over to then free yourself up this is also very freeing but it's also such an uncomfortable thing to do so we need to spend some time. So a question that I would like to ask you is, is there some insecurity leading for you, your need to control the work? And really delve into that, why this might not might be happening, you can get into the stage of that. So, you know, that's something that you can really work on. So just, you know, circling back once more to the five attributes of a brave leader, with people who really, number one, assume accountability for our own actions. We have difficult conversations. We speak and we don't we do not compromise on our own values. We put our resources where our mouth is and that includes um, time and energy more than even necessarily money. And lastly, we want to give our jobs away, we want to get to that stage. So what I want you to do from here is really think about one or two things that you can do going forward in very practical actions. So the first step I want you to take is to actually define what brave and leadership means to you and work towards that. And then grab one of the five attributes and think of a practical example you might be out of work and then keep re looping back to it. Bravery will mean different things. What I think, you know, I'm doing bravely today will be different from what you think as well. Really the only person who can really, really say that you're going you're brave is yourself. Because everyone else has different perceptions of it. So make sure you're very clear on that. Work to the attributes and then continuing on. In uncertain times like we are in right now, we need brave leaders in every area of the life, in our firms, in our teams, and in ourselves. And then, obviously, in our communities as well. We really are going into some uncomfortable places where we don't know what the outcomes are going to be. So, we need to really start flexing this muscle. So, I hoped that helped. As I said, this is one of the key attributes of an in demand accountant going forward. And as our models and as we sort of, you know, really stand up and start speaking, you know, outside the boxes and and going forward. Brave leadership is one of the attributes that is going, we're going to hang our hats on. So once more, thank you so much for the time. And I know that as brave leaders yourself, you've just you know, put some resources behind your money where your mouth is by um, listening to the podcast. So as usual, I'm very grateful for your time um, listening in. And if you really want to have a quick conversation about this, as a as I said, one of the areas I've been helping a few people just online is around the difficult conversations pieces, but very willing to have that 20-minute chat and going, going ahead. So drop in on our website and have a look or drop me an email, Sam, at blueprinthq.com.au, and I'll get back to you and we'll organize it. And so once more, thank you very much. And onwards and upwards, as usual. Continue the conversation and be brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sam Dean and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.